0: This podcast is brought to you by the College of Nursing at Brigham Young University. For more information about its programs, faculty, students, or alumni events, please visit nursing.byu.edu.
1: Crunching numbers is no small task, but have you ever thought about using numbers to improve nursing? Today our guests will give us details on how numbers and technology can improve your health and the way that you care for patients. Hey guys, I'm Adia Hansen.
2: And I'm Corbin Smith.
1: Together we are going to explore the nursing profession.
2: With exclusive interviews from nurses working in jobs you want to know about.
1: Transferring info from one nurse to another.
2: This is the College Handoff. guys, welcome back to another episode of The College Handoff. We are so happy that you are here back again. In today's episode, we examine smartwatches with Associate Professor Dr. Neil Peterson. He discusses a study suggesting that smartwatches can detect COVID-19 symptoms early and share details on his research about how the device can help motivate its wearer to be more physically active. We also learned from Kathy Delmain about the role of nurses in clinical informatics. She's a clinical analyst at Cerner Corporation, a company focused on high-tech healthcare solutions and discusses ways nurses use technology to improve their patients'
0: care.
1: So today we're here with Associate Professor Dr. Neil Peterson. Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. Glad to be here.
1: Could you tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Sure. I'm... Uh associate professor. I've been here for seven years. I am currently the graduate program coordinator, and I'm one of the research faculty here, and my specialty is in sedentary behavior, physical activity, and healthy lifestyles practices.
1: So we wanted to talk to you today about a study on how smartwatches can help spot coronavirus days before you're diagnosed. Do you have any insights about this research and how something like this is possible?
0: Yeah, I read about this actually probably back in the fall or perhaps even earlier, but this is really fascinating. Just like the body has, uh, you, you want to increase your fitness, your heart also needs to have good fitness. And one of the markers that they look at is something called heart rate variability, which basically means is your heart able to compensate for different things that's happening to your body? You want heart rate variability. It means that your heart knows when to speed up, knows when to slow down, and can adjust accordingly when things happen to you. So when you are sick, such as with COVID, your heart rate variability actually goes down. It kind of means that your heart is not as fit. You know, It's not able to make as many changes as it usually does. And in addition to heart rate variability, they also notice that uh, smartwatches, rings, and other devices that measure like your sleep or your breathing, that there's changes there as well. People's sleep efficiency goes down and their breathing goes up. So when you're breathing more frequently, even when you're resting, that could be an indication that you have an infection. And so a combination of those factors was really predictive of being able to detect if people were going to develop covid in the next couple of days.
1: Do you think that smartwatches or other similar products are helpful to the average person?
0: I think so. When people use these devices, they get feedback from them either directly from the device or on the app that's on their phone. And by getting that feedback, then it helps you to know where are you at today. Um, one thing that I really liked when I used Fitbit a few years ago is that I could be friends with my family members, my cousins and others, and it would kind of do a seven day rolling, uh, total of your step count. And it was interesting to see what, uh, the step count was for my family members and my friends. And that was motivating to me. You know, if I was close to another person, then maybe I could sneak past them the next day. And um that I have a cousin who teaches dance and she was always super high. I, I could never beat her. But but that was something that was motivating to me was the competition aspect and that I could be I could be better. Another fun thing with these activity trackers is they'll have little firework displays or other badges or other things when you complete your goals. And I think that if you find that motivating, then that's that's helpful for you. So even a minimal amount of motivation, if it if it works for you, then that's great. Uh, whether that aspect is competing with others or having a social connection aspect with others, there's lots of really great apps there for running or other workouts where you can compare runs with other people and they can cheer you on and say great job. And I think that those those things are helpful. Um, and we really need to praise even the small, the small amounts of things that people do to, to change for the better. In my, in the courses that I teach at the college of nursing, all my students know that we take a break every hour and that during that hour, they're all required to stand up. Sometimes I'll, I'll have an app on in the background where we do different exercises. Uh, one of my favorite ones is just doing hip hinges And exercise doesn't have to be super hard or sweaty or uh, tire you out. Just that little bits of movement here and there that kind of get your heart rate elevated can help you be a healthier person.
1: Well, we know that you spent a lot of time researching how exercise affects health. Can you tell us why you chose to focus on exercise?
0: Yeah, well, exercise is awesome. When I decided to go... Uh, and get my Ph.D. and research something. You have to choose a topic that you're going to be passionate about for a long time because that's what you're going to be studying for the rest of your life. And I decided that I really love exercise. I love sports. I love being active, and that's what drew me to that area. And exercise is really interesting because our culture has kind of changed from being a very active culture a few hundred years ago to more industrialized and more uh, commercialized and we're seeing it at our desks more even our modes of transportation are changing and so we're becoming less and less active every decade and there's a lot of implications that come from that and i uh and so honestly when i decided that i wanted to research uh exercise i kind of, I, I wanted to pick something that was an eternal principle I don't know if that's kind of cheating, but I wanted something where I'd definitely be able to find results. And I feel like being physically active, exercising, or keeping a healthy body is an eternal principle. And so I want to do research that will help solidify how that's an eternal principle and what can we do to improve our bodies and, and make it uh, the best experience that we can have on this earth. And so A lot of the research that I do is kind of centered around how can we optimize our physical activity? How do we measure it? Uh, For example, right now I'm working on a study with one of my graduate students, and it's called What Women Want, Motivating Factors of Activity Trackers for Women. And what we're going to do is look at a few different types of activity trackers, uh, Apple Watch, uh, a smart ring. And a clip that can be worn as a bracelet or a necklace. And see what, you know, which of these devices do women like more? Do they like the style of it? Is it motivating to them to be active? Because we want to find something that that women like and will use. Because if you're not going to use it, it's not going to be able to motivate you. And so it'll be good for us to find out you know which of these devices women like the most and then potentially use that for research down the road but as a nurse practitioner myself this is something that I can use in my practice and say hey you know I've uh, I've studied this and I found that women tend to like these products and maybe you should give this a try and see if that is something that's helpful for you
1: what are some hidden benefits of exercise
0: exercise has a benefit in a lot of areas of our lives and we may not even realize it. For example, recently I partnered with Stacey Hunsaker and Michael Thomas within the College of Nursing to help develop an app to reduce burnout and increase resiliency among healthcare workers, specifically nurses. And we developed an app called the GEM app, G-E-M, standing for Gratitude, Exercise, and Mindfulness. By integrating gratitude journaling, daily exercise and frequent mindful meditation, we can actually see increased resiliency and decreased burnout rates in nurses. We use this over in the, the newborn ICU over at Utah Valley Hospital, and that was just a, a pilot study, but we're looking forward to expanding that and seeing how, in addition to gratitude and mindfulness, how exercise plays a part in helping to improve our resiliency and being able to withstand the pressures and stress that happen in our lives. Another benefit to exercise that you may not know about is that there is a connection between physical activity and how well an immunization works in your body. For example, there was, there's was, there been some studies specifically with influenza vaccines that when you exercise within 30 minutes of a flu vaccine, that it actually improves how effective that vaccine is for you. Now, there hasn't been a whole lot of research looking at other vaccines, but it's pretty interesting that if you're an active person anyway, And if you're, and for some reason, if you are active in and around the time that you get an immunization, that that may actually improve how well that vaccine works for you. Part of it is on distribution, but there's something about exercising that also activates your immune system so that when it engages with the vaccine content, that it helps to make that response more vigorous, a, a more positive response, an enhanced response.
1: So how can students reach out to you if they're interested in participating in the Leadership Council or your future study once it gets approved?
0: Anybody interested in contacting me can do so through email. And my email is neil peterson at byu.edu. That's Neil Peterson at byu.edu.
1: Well, Dr. Peterson, we appreciate you sharing your insights with us today. Thank you so much for coming and being on the show.
0: Thank you, it was a pleasure being here. Now go out and be active.
1: Hey, BYU nursing students, don't forget your ATI account gives you access to tons more resources than just your required exams. The ATI testing website gives you links to your digital textbooks, the ability to create dynamic quizzes and other NCLEX prep tools not typically utilized by students. You pay for the service each semester, so you might as well use it.
2: Awesome. So now we are we're here with Kathy Delmain, the one and only. She works as a nurse, but with a focus in nursing informatics, which is something that's completely new to me. And I wanted to talk to her a little bit about what nursing informatics is specifically and what nursing students could do to get involved or to work in nursing informatics one day. But before we get to that, Kathy, can you introduce yourself? We're happy to have you here.
3: Thank you. I am pleased to be here and I'd be happy to tell you a little bit about myself. I graduated from BYU Nursing in 1978 with an associate's degree and I was pretty excited to get busy with nursing. So, I worked in med-surg nursing for several years. I uh, served a mission uh, in health welfare services and then I came back and worked some more in nursing and at one point was given an opportunity to work with a company developing computer systems for nurses and being a little bit burned out like we often get and looking for a different opportunity, I took it. and. That was many years ago, and I haven't looked back.
2: Okay. I have a, a ton of questions already, but before, let's kind of establish a baseline or a foundation for those who are listening. What exactly is medical and nursing informatics?
3: Well, it's a meld between the profession of nursing and the practice of nursing and the practice of information science. So information science is the gathering of and maintaining and utilization of information and the technology associated with that. So, and we use that to gather information and improve patient care. So, there's many, many different aspects to this, but basically, it's taking information systems and, and computers and marrying that with nursing. It was a very interesting experience at the first job that I had. Um, They were just starting to develop an order communication system, which allowed nurses to enter computer orders. And of course, at that time, the main function was financial. We wanted to capture charges. We wanted to make sure that we were recouping costs for everything that we did. And so when I was hired, My hiring manager said, it's really easy for us to teach a nurse how to do the computer part of this job. But we can't teach computer professionals how to be nurses and how to relate to the nursing part of this job. So it really started out as kind of a translator. How do you take the practice of nursing and make that function in a computer world? So it was really an interesting role to drop into at that time.
2: What was it like being thrown into a situation that you weren't completely comfortable with when you started?
3: Well, it was it was a real learning curve. Um, of course, nowadays, there's lots of training and education that you can get in information science and nursing informatics, but at that time there was nothing. We even the hospital that I worked at, we didn't have access to computers. Everything was on paper. And so when I went to work in the informatics world, a lot of it was learning the computer side of things. And so it was a lot of learning, a lot of conferences, a lot of late nights trying to figure things out, but it is something that came naturally to me. The the logic and the troubleshooting and the problem solving, and I just really enjoyed it. I still come to work and learn new things every day It's a changing field constantly, and that is the one thing that I've really loved about this career is to learn new things
2: and what is it like having to learn something in an industry that is constantly going through change? Is it stressful for you
3: it's exciting And what's really been great for me is to watch this industry grow. Like I say, when I first started in informatics, it was not an industry. It was not a thing. There were very, very few nurses involved in this. There was uh, a journal that started soon after I got into this industry, but everywhere, everywhere companies were looking to break into the healthcare field with computers, but there were no trained people. They had to train any nurses or any uh, healthcare staff that they wanted had to be trained by the companies who were developing the software or by the hospitals who were moving them into these informatics roles. Now, there's a lot of education out there that to be had, and there's certifications that didn't exist at that time. And so it's exciting to see how it has grown and it will continue to grow. The whole area of healthcare in informatics is it's just ripe for burgeoning growth. There's so many different areas that a person can, can look at. You can look at software development. You can look at education. You can look at helping hospitals improve their best practices. But a lot of that is stuff that you're going to learn on the job. Uh, And and it has been an exciting experience to learn it on the job.
2: Of course. I think that is part of the best part about working in something that you're not 100% confident in is that you can go to work and not every single day feels like it's the same because you're always learning something new. But going back to something that you said earlier, you said that the purpose of nursing informatics and using computer software in the hospital is to better the patient's experience. Could you elaborate a little bit on what that means exactly?
3: I sure can. And this was an interesting battle over the years because, like I say in the beginning, Most information systems in hospitals were for the purpose of capturing charges. We want to make sure that if we changed your dressing, we charged for that dressing. If we provided some kind of lab service, we charged for that lab service. When uh, capitated payments and DRGs came along in the late 80s, that wasn't quite as important because it didn't matter if you used a dressing or not. You were only going to get paid whatever we pay for that DRG, but because nurses had at that point started to be introduced to computers, it, we looked at it as opportunities to then improve patient care and improve the experience. Order entry was some of the first things that happened, one of the first things that happened, and that, of course, really improved the communications between hospital departments. It also brought to light communication issues that existed between departments, and it was interesting to go to different hospitals and see every hospital had the same kind of communication issues as we would uh, evaluate their communication processes between departments. But communicating uh, was a big issue that we got to work with a lot, communicating with the nurses to understand what their needs were, and how we could support them, and then taking that information back to the programmers and trying to communicate with them so that they could understand that the computer is a tool for nurses. It's something that if the, if the computer's not working, the nurse doesn't stop her job, she still provides that patient care. And so over the years, it's looking at different, bringing different nursing activities into the computer world. We started with order entry, results review charges. Uh, There was a time that we did uh, staffing and acuity and staff assignments online. And then we went to care plans. And we've, over the years, just added pieces of nursing, trying to find ways to make it easier for the nurse. It's a challenge. But if you can make it easier for the nurse to find the information she needs, to document the information that she needs, and then to recover it again, then you can improve that patient care experience. The challenge is finding the way to make it easier for the nurse without making it harder to take care of the patient. That has been a real challenge and continues to be. Honestly, even as we've moved outside of the world of nursing into dealing with physicians and online physicians, uh, it's hard to make it easier for the clinician without making it harder for the patient.
2: Yeah, I am sure trying to do that is so, so hard. But how do you feel clinical informatics has made a difference in how you serve as a nurse? And how do you feel like this profession is expanding?
3: it creates a level of advocacy that we as nurses have always had for our patients. It has always been a key role for us to advocate for our patients. This has given me an opportunity to advocate for the nurses. And one of the reasons why this is such a growing and thriving field, not only is it expanding as a field, because the technologies expand, but we're also getting more into niche areas. So, if you have worked in labor and delivery, we now have computer systems very focused on labor and delivery, and they need nurses who understand that process and that level of nursing to go in and help develop these systems. We need nurses to go out and teach nurses how to use the systems. I'm telling you, if you're you're a nurse and you're gonna learn how to use a new system, you wanna be learning from a nurse. You wanna be learning from someone who's been there and know what it's like. We also need nurses to test these systems, to test them like a nurse would test them. A programmer or a computer science person can come in and look at the system and test it, and say, "Yeah, it works fine, but when you're in when you go in with a nursing perspective, you're going to look at the keyboard differently, you're going to look at the screen differently and want different things. We need nurses who are prepared to test these things and document these things and go out and analyze the needs of nurses for information so Yes, there is an increasing need for nurses in all of these different roles, many, many roles. So there are roles and places for nurses to fit into this paradigm. They're just broadened and growing.
2: Yeah, that is super cool. Thank you so much for sharing, Kathy. But we wanted to thank you so much for coming and talking with us today on the show, and we hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Okay. So I've been thinking about this Um, to end the show. I don't, I don't want this podcast to turn into like an ad reader or commercial like that. But after listening to Dr. Peterson's interview about like Apple watches and smartwatches and how it can help your health, I should be sponsored by Apple. I (laughs) I love my Apple watch. I feel like it helps me so much understand my body better. I use it every day when I work out. I use it to like track the amount of calories that I'm eating to kind of decide what I should be eating for dinner, what I should be eating for lunch. I am obsessed with my Apple watch and I'm obsessed with what smartwatches can do for me. I know you have an Apple watch. Do you feel somewhat the same way?
1: I I do a little bit. (laughs) So most of the reason I got an Apple Watch was to track my steps and running and all these different exercising activities that I do. Mm -hmm. I don't feel as passionate about it, but (laughs) I I can definitely I don't know if anybody is. (laughs) I can see how it makes a difference in my life and in other people's lives too.
2: What about nursing? I know you talked to Dr. Peterson a little bit. What do you feel like it's doing for nursing?
1: I love being able to set timers. Okay. And just always see the clock. And it just has so many little gadgets that are just so useful that you wouldn't think about using if you didn't have one.
2: The simple, small things, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, these smartwatches are expensive. Like, not everybody can afford them, not everybody can have them. But I think talking to Dr. Peterson today, it really shows how technology is really becoming an important part of nursing. And to be successful in this field, you need to be able to understand that technology and use that technology to your advantage. And Smartwatches are just a a little tiny, tiny bit of that technology, but it can make a big difference like we learned today.
1: Yeah, Corbin, I totally agree. I think too often I just think about how annoying technology can be, (laughs) but in reality it helps us so much and it has revolutionized the world, hopefully mostly for the better. Yeah. And I love this app that Dr. Peterson talks about gem because it's a really cool resource that helps us as nurses, not just Taking care of our patients, but taking care of ourselves as well. Exactly. So technology really is all-encompassing and can help us in so many ways. And with that, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you have the best week.
2: See you next week.
1: See ya.